Welcome to the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian, where all we do is games. And welcome everybody to episode one, season two of the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian. It's great to be back. And we've got a slew of guests for this season coming up. We've got the senior producer for Akupara Games. We've got developers for Ubisoft, Twitch streamers, and today's guest, Jeff Gabor, an animator for Illumination, who has worked on movies for Blue Sky and Disney, like Ice Age 2, 3, and 5, Rio 1 and 2, Epic, Spies in Disguise, Peanuts, Horton Hears a Who, Ferdinand, and some other ones that you've Failed to mention, but we'll uh, we'll run with those ones. <laughs> and um, like I said, you're working for Illumination now, so sounds like you're doing a little bit of work on the Mario movie that's coming up, and you have also a yet-to-be-released short for Disney+. Plus. Uh, how are you doing, Jeff? I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I'm doing just fine. Thanks for uh, inviting me. It's uh, it's nice to, be, uh, nice to be with you guys. Oh, we appreciate you coming on. Um, being that this is episode one, of season two we'd like to kind of recap all the stuff that's happened since june 29th when the last episode of season one came out there's been a lot of stuff happening over the summer <laughs> and uh so i'd like to talk a little bit about the summer games and things that's been happening uh you on board with that jeff let's do it let's t- jump into all the news tell me what's let's, been let's, going on well let's do it uh well jeff i know you play some games um over the summer what, what were some of the games that you were that you were playing over the summer. What were your uh, the games I've been diving into the most? Uh, I played a lot of Knockout City. Uh, okay. I, I play a lot of like multiplayer games. I try to like get, give myself at least one night a week where I can play with friends. So Knockout City was really good. Which it feels like sort of like a you know first person shooter, but you don't have to aim. So it, <laughs> <laughs> like an aging first person shooter player like me, like it feels like it gives me a chance to actually compete again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice. I, I feel that. Uh, and then the, I would imagine Knockout yeah. City being like uh, dodgeball Splatoon. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, always, okay. yeah. I got it ends up being that. a lot of fun because it, it, you know, there's a lot of strategy in terms of like you playing with your teammates. Um, there's certainly a level of frustration that comes with some of the choices that were made with the game, but you roll with it, and so <laughs> sure. it's mixed with like you get those moments where you feel like a god and then the next moment where you're cursing at the game developers for like, why would you put that in the game? <laughs> Got to keep you in it, check. Yeah, yeah. So you get that a little bit of both, but I've really enjoyed playing with it, and it's been a nice switch up. Before that, I was playing a lot of Rocket League. Um, Ooh, I felt like I was just starting to get owned a lot. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <laughs> to be honest with you, game. I can't play Rocket League. It's uh, it's way beyond my skill and dexterity level. The, and the uh, ceiling for that game is yeah. is incredible. The level yeah. that these people get to, I'm like, I, I can drive on the ground and hit the ball and boost like yeah these people are flying across the entire stadium juggling the ball on the underside of their car then like smack it into the goal and i'm just like i, I can drive up a wall like that, that's about <laughs> all i can do so anybody who can play that game kudos to them um do you do a lot of ranked matches or do you just kind of do do they have yeah, a I, to, I mean it's because i and you know it's like reserved to one night a week where i really can play so i try not to get too involved in the ranking stuff because then i'm just going to get my butt kicked um <laughs> so stay out of there and just try to have fun with friends and that brought me into like i played some of the beta for halo infinite mm-hmm. that's what got that? me back in games like i was into games as a kid then i took a huge break during like later high school and college and then had a friend bring me into halo 2 and i was like oh i'm back into games i'm back in <laughs> played a lot of that and uh and so I was excited to see what Halo Infinite had. Um, how 
Uh, how was the infinite beta? I, I heard a couple different things, but I never got the chance to check it out myself. It feels like it's a little bit closer back to like Halo. Like it feels okay. like Halo. Unfortunately, my age, it's I can feel my age. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just don't have the skills anymore. So yeah. my aim is just far enough off or maybe it's a self-selecting population of people that are playing the beta that are just super skilled. Like they're super into playing Halo. So it's like all that population is just really good. But I just got in there and I was like, wow this is just not fun it's just not no. fun anymore and uh i think the game is solid so that yeah. that's good so I'm, I'm looking forward to when the game actually comes out it'll be free to play right i think the multiplayer yeah the multiplayer so, side I'll, I'll jump into that and hopefully the skill ceiling has come down a bit yeah i hate to say it but i've got maybe 30 minutes of halo in my entire life um, <laughs> oh no i've literally never played it like i think my friend brought it over one time we played it i'm like i hate this and, well, uh, no, you've missed yeah. out on a whole life of teabagging people. I, I know. <laughs> now I just gotta like do it in public, but then I, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. But, uh, I, I think it's not so much Halo was the problem for me. It's first person shooting is the problem for me. I can't aim at all. Mm. You know, so like when I'm trying to play a game, I'm like. I'm just spraying bullets everywhere and hoping it hits. Like I'm not anywhere near the skill level it takes to be a competent player in any first person shooter game. You would have been great at call of duty then spraying. <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> just spray bullets. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't play anything that's first player. I barely got through resident evil seven. And, um, you know, that, that was, that was a challenge enough for me. And I, <laughs> the challenge I barely... in that game, I, I did play that on the challenge in that one was I had to turn the sound off. <laughs> it was too scary. <laughs> so I had to turn the sound off so I could play it. <laughs> I think the hardest part of that game was the uh, the car in the garage scene. Like I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing, and so like I was literally just driving this car, like two point turning around the whole garage the whole time, and nothing was working. And you know, I, I got frustrated for a while, but you know, like I said, I muscled through it, and it was hard enough as it was. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm very very selective. And I'm very, very picky about what first-person games I'll play. Anything that involves guns and shooting people, I'm out. I, I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. And uh, yeah, so like I guess I've never gotten into Halo, but I know it's massively popular. And hopefully, it kind of gets back to its former glory with the new beta, because it seems like it's kind of been in a little bit of a lull the past few years in terms yeah, of sure. it's you know all the competitors that are out there now, you know, with the call of duties and the battlefields and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, since the last halo came out, yeah, we obviously had the whole like change of like battle Royale, like the entire like format has changed on them. So we'll see how they fare with that. Yeah. And they're kind of coming in at the tail end of battle Royales at the point. It seems Mm -hmm. like battle Royale is trying to not be battle Royale anymore. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they, where they take it. But, Glad it glad it turned out solid and it gives you a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, I think it'll do fine. What have you been playing, Ian? Oh man, a couple different things. I just jumped into Far Cry Six last okay. night, actually. Uh, That's a first I mean, person game, right? Yeah, it is a first person <laughs> game. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so you know, right up your alley. Yep. Um, but uh, no, it's real good. Um, nice to see. Uh, Was it? It's Jean Carlo, I believe, is his name. Uh, the big the actor guy from, from five, the the no the big actor from Breaking Bad, the main villain. Oh, oh Chicken oh, Man. Okay, yeah, Chicken Boy. I still have to watch uh, that show. I got about three episodes in. Oh sure, 
but you know who I'm talking about. The the Hispanic kind of drug lord guy from that show uh, is a Hispanic drug lord in in uh, in this game. Oh. Surprise! So uh, kind of typecasting. Yeah. Well, okay. he, he does he does a good job at it. Yeah. Um, sure. But no, good saw game. Um, no complaints. I read a couple critic reviews. I were complaining about uh, the fact that you know it's another revolution in a third. Uh, third world nation and all that stuff and it's like well that's kind of what far cry is sorry yeah. not sorry i mean that's complete that's like complaining that saints row is a gta knockoff right like, or that ghost recon, ghost recon is a is a is a game about soldiers in future <laughs> war like yeah it's it, you know it's ubisoft they're they're gonna keep doing ubisoft I mean, you you love Ubisoft though. I do. You have this like soft spot for Ubisoft, I even do. when even when they make bad stuff. You're just like, I love you guys. Yeah. And uh, at some point, you're just gonna be like, nope, <laughs> nope. Hey, I gotta give them credit though. They they had that 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 hard gap like four years ago where stuff was just awful. Everything out the gate was not good. Uh, but the last year since um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. A lot of their stuff has been really, really solid. Okay. Well, I know. I mean, I heard good stuff about like Origins and Odyssey too. So, I mean, even mm-hmm. maybe going back as far as there, but like, I know Ubisoft basically for the Assassin's Creed games. I know they make a ton of other stuff. Rayman, I think yeah. they were big thing for them too. Yep. I'm sure I've got a bunch of other games by them, but I know them mainly for Assassin's Creed. And yeah. I think I started losing interest in Assassin's Creed right around Black Flag. Um, absolutely yeah, fairly hated common. Black Flag. Yeah. I know everyone loves Black Flag. I hate it um, mainly because I've said this before: the protagonist is not an assassin. Right, he's just a guy who killed an assassin and put on his clothes. You know what I mean? If I put on a chef hat, doesn't mean I can cook. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't like that to begin with. And second, like the the boat mechanics just didn't yeah. do anything for me. So it was, it was definitely one of those ones where it was like you were either literally on board or you you jumped off ship, yeah. and that was totally fine. I think it was a good stopping point for a lot of people, so it works mm-hmm. out. Um, what about you? Would uh, what have you been playing? You're going to be very surprised about what I've been playing because they're indie games. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> you know, indie games right up my alley. I like the small developer kind of games, um, kind of the underdog, I guess. Um, you know, the, I want to say about a week ago, I started playing. Now, this game didn't just come out. It's actually been out for like two years. It's a game called Forager. My I've wife, my wife downloaded it off of Game Pass, started playing it. And before we knew it, we had 12 hours into it in the first two days. And uh, it's essentially like a top down pixel Minecraft kind of Terraria hybrid where, you know, you can earn money, but you can like buy new islands and like expand your world. And, um, but you farm stuff, you cut down trees, you mine rocks to get crystals to craft stuff and you build factories and you build, you know, banks and vaults to hold your stuff. And you just kind of just keep growing and everything. And it's super addictive, like to Mm -hmm. the point where like, I'm literally going to, I'm going to start a new game tomorrow on stream. (laughs) And, uh, I, I, that might be the game I play for a while because it's just so fun. <laughs> so, well, if you guys watch uh, Sean's stream ever, buckle up. I yeah. guess you're in for a lot of Forager. Yep, yep. <laughs> that and the biggest game of the year that I've been waiting for it was uh, Kenna. Bridge of Spirits came out. Okay. Um, beautiful, 
beautiful game, but did not live up to the hype that um, I had for it, unfortunately. But it's not to say that it's a bad game. I just think that my expectations were way higher than they should have been. Um, yeah, well, we talked know, about it a lot when it was announced, and you were, yeah, yeah you were from from second I, one, you were on board. I've got like five, six hours into it, but I haven't felt motivated to go back to it yet. Um, mainly just because there's a lot of quality of life issues that make the game kind of a nuisance to play. Sure. And stuff like the terrain and the environment is not very interactive. Like you feel it should be like you jump on something, you get that weird thing where like your character gets into this, like, like jump animation, but it just kind of like slides down the terrain on this invisible wall. Um, There's no mini map. So you have to pause the game every time you want to see the map. Uh, So, Mm. and it's a big open world. If you're trying to get from a to B having to pause it every single time to check, you know, if you're going the right way, it's, kind of rough um, yeah. and the fact that since the world's not as interactive as it should be it's very difficult to know if you're trying to solve a puzzle and how to solve the puzzle because there's really no indication or consistency on what's interactive so it, it gets to be a little difficult that way too sure. but it is a gorgeous game um i will finish it eventually but um yeah, I just I'm hoping that they maybe patch in a few quality of life updates like the mini map and that kind of stuff because that gets to be really really tiresome. So it's just uh, one of those things where it's like this beautiful concept but it just kind of unfortunately falls victim to indie mistakes. Yeah, I mean as as it stands right now I'd probably give it a 6. I think if they added a mini map and made the items that are more interactable, a little bit more obvious that you can interact with them. I think that would probably kick it up to like an eight, eight and a half for me. Sure. And, um, you know, but it's not like it's a bad game. It just needs a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. A little so, more polish on it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what I've been playing. Um, anything, anything news wise, that's kind of struck you this summer at all. Well, anything you were talking about you know? forager. And mm-hmm. remind me a little bit of Animal Crossing, and there was some news about that this morning. Yep. Jeff, have you played any Animal Crossing? You up on this? I haven't. Yet? I feel like I missed the entire like boat on it because it's <laughs> so big, and I I recognize how huge it is, and right. uh, I like playing like like I, I I play Breath of the Wild, and the only thing I play with my daughter is she just likes to mix the cooking and stuff. So I know she's like, she's into that sort of like, let's do this and build this and do little things. And I think it would be fun to play with her, but I just haven't got into it. Sure. It um, sounds like the new update is going to have cooking. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to do some kind of a, it's almost like happy home designer being okay. built into uh, new horizon. I guess there's going to be like this paradise Island that you can design homes and, that kind of stuff for, um, it says, uh, I'll read what I got here. It says, sure. uh, happy home paradise, which fitting name right. puts <laughs> players to work as architects and interior decorators, building dream getaways for the islands, paradise planning development company. There's so much new to do here. Nintendo devoted 10 minutes of Friday show to tease it all. Players will be interviewing their NPCs clientele, determining their decoration preferences, and building a home to satisfy their whims. New interior design options show cool floor plans with new lighting and lots of charm. So it sounds like you're essentially going to do the kind of stuff that, Jeff, you said you and your daughter like to do, is just kind of design and make stuff. And, you know, it might not be a bad time to get into it. No, Um, I know. 
<laughs> Honestly, like it, it's all feeding back to the same. Some of the, I mean, it's all similar, but like I used to love playing SimCity 2000. You know, it's oh, those kind man, of games. Yeah. Where, what you're saying about like Forger, it just sounds like it's you're sitting down, and you're just relaxing, and it's like yep. it, it's not a game that brings any sort of stress or anything. It's just like you're just letting yourself go, and and it's just there's no pressure. Right. So, yeah. It's super lot casual. Of love, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are monsters and stuff, but they're very much so not a threat, you know? Yeah. But you just kill them for their bones and their slime and resources <laughs> just so you can make stuff. That's the only reason they're really there. But, um, you know, with, with the big animal crossing announcement this morning, I mean, there's been a lot, of, there's a lot of new characters that are coming that have been like, since the game came out, people have just been like, where are these characters? You know, we want these ones here. And they're finally bringing Brewster back. I guess he, he runs like a little coffee shop in Animal Crossing. So they're bringing him back. Um, another big thing that people were asking for were the gyroids. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're these little wooden, I don't know. They're, they're, they look like robots. They're made out of wood, but they got two little arms and they dance and make music. And, I never understood the appeal, but apparently like the animal crossing fanatics love the gyros because they've been in basically every game, but they weren't in this one. So it might just be, you know, just a crowd pleaser. Yeah, very much. So I always found them to be pretty annoying because you'd be running around (laughs) and they don't, they don't make music. They make noise and (laughs) (laughs) it's not a pleasant noise. It's just, it's like, no, I I don't want to hear that when I'm, (laughs) trying to relax on my island here um right but that's back um apparently you can run like a little yoga class in front of town hall throw some music on a boom box and like you do like mini games like stretching mini games cooking that kind of stuff now Hmm. and the final announcement was that uh there's a frog chair i guess apparently people have been clamoring for a chair that looks like a frog and waiting my whole life for it (laughs) but you know with with that direct and with that announcement the the big takeaway that's not animal crossing related was the new pricing plan for the nintendo switch online that's right and it sounds like with the announcement over the summer that nintendo switch online was going to start including n64 and sega genesis games the new pricing plan allows you to get you know, everything that's in it now, access to the N64, access to the Sega. And then you also get this huge Animal Crossing update, which is supposed to be a paid DLC for free, you know, okay. with it. But I currently have Nintendo Switch online. It's 35 bucks a year. Um, I have the family plan. So I've got, you know, like you're on it. My yep. kids' switches are on it. I think I've got, I don't know, one of my viewers is on it. I never took them off. And they wanted <laughs> They, they wanted on a stream one time as a prize and like he's been on it for like two years now. I, I just never took him off. Um, so, you know, $35, you get like six slots. You can, you know, get six people, six different switches on there. Which is a pretty good deal because you get yeah. it's not uh, SNES and NES games with it. Right. Yep. And you also get the, um, the easy mode versions of those games too. If you're familiar with the Nintendo Switch Online, you get the original game and then you get like easy mode version of it where like infinite bullets or start oh, Zelda sure. with all the items. It's like, it kind of mm-hmm. defeats the point, you know, but um, the, the price for the family plan is going from $35 up to 80. Ooh. That's over double the current price. Um, and the individual plan is going up to 50. I don't remember what it was. I think it was 25 before. 
for the for the individual plan. So that's a big increase. And considering that the lineups for the N64 and the Sega Genesis really doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't, I, I wish I could opt in for the same price and just not have the N64 and Sega games. Right. I mean, I guess you it know. depends on what's in the library. If it's ultimately going to make it worth it. Cause there's a lot of people that obviously love N64 yep. uh, and Sega Genesis. All right. So I, I, I don't know the details. So I'm going to ask you like you guys are experts. Yeah, yeah. So is this overriding the old pricing or do you have to upgrade to this pricing? I believe it's overriding. Um, so if you have the Nintendo Switch Online, expect an increase. I don't, I don't think there's been a date when they're going to do it yet. I haven't seen mm-hmm. anything about a date. But I believe it's overriding the current plan because I don't think the current plans will be offered anymore. So you gotcha. may see a big price increase on, on those. Um, give you an idea. I get the N64 games. Like I said, I mean, they're good games, but you know, I, I can play these games anytime. I don't need a switch to play them. So like, all right, but hold on. No, See, no, I'm going to, I'm going to counter that a little yeah, bit. Nintendo thinks you do. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I'm super pumped for it <laughs> because, all right. Cause you're going to mention, right. Mario Kart 64, right. That is and you're like, there, well, I'll just, though, yeah. I'll just play Mario Kart 64, but no, it's, it's online. Right. So I now I can play with like see my friends that are sp- split up all over the country. My brother that's back in Colorado. That's I true. can play Balloon Battle again. I'm <laughs> stoked. That's so that's exciting. True. I suppose the online feature is kind of nice. I don't think it's built into every game, but I think most of them will. For sure, I'm like sure the Mario perfect. games and like the yeah. sports games, I'm sure it will. But I can't imagine like Zelda Ocarina of Time or Star Fox 64 is going to have any kind of online multiplayer and- not gonna lie, Diddy Kong Racing multiplayer would be pretty dope too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got. I mean, I don't know what the license is, but GoldenEye again. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what they can do about the frame rate because I don't know if you guys have played that. It's a little. <laughs> yeah, it's a little yeah. rough going back. But if you could up GoldenEye to 64, 60 frames per second, and then multiplayer online, that is well worth the price increase. Yeah. So here's some of the games. I don't know if this is all inclusive. This is right off their website. Mario Kart 64, Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, Dr. Mario 64, Super Mario 64, Mario Tennis, Yoshi Story, Winback, Covert Operations, and Sin and Punishment. I'm not familiar <laughs> with those last two, but some of the things that are like, you know, like they get all these little, you know, features on the bottom, um, you know, play together online, obviously. They have this thing, give friends a hand. When playing online, you can display a hand-shaped cursor on your friend's screen. Use it to give him to give hints or point out strategic locations. So it's literally just like standing up over someone's shoulder and be like, go there. Be like backseat Weird. gaming yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then using the voice chat via the Nintendo Switch online smartphone app, because you know right. everybody has that installed. I, you can yeah. cheer on your friends with voice chat. <laughs> Because everybody uses that voice chat and not Discord instead. Right, right. I mean, if I guess for little kids, but like, I don't have the Nintendo Switch app on my phone. I, I don't no. have any reason to. I don't have any friends. So. I, can't, I can't play any of the games on my phone, so why would it matter? Right. And then for Sega, I mean, Sega's got a pretty limited library of good games. You know what I mean? Like, the Genesis had some good games on it. There's a, there's a handful 
Black all I want to know is a, is Toe Jam and Earl on there, <laughs> and is it I multiplayer online? Then I'm out. Screw it. <laughs> but here's what they I'll have: they have Castlevania Bloodlines, Streets of Rage Two, Echo the Dolphin, everybody's favorite Sega game, Sonic Two, Golden Axe, Strider, Contra Hardcore, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, and Gunstar Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other here too: uh, Shinobi Three, Fantasy Star Four, Musha, Ristar, Shiny Force. Um, but again, you know their their big features are give a friend a hand, cheer them on with voice chat. You know, you play Golden Axe online with friends. Uh, yeah, I mean that might be kind of fun. But yeah, again, not games that I'm clamoring to play. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that I'm wrong when I say that the prices replace the uh, the current plans. But I highly I doubt it. You are, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just Nintendo being Nintendo, just make some weird decisions, you know. But you know, it, not many online services are going to have an a la carte feature where you can choose which features and then pay for them anyway. So I assume it's going to be all inclusive, take it or leave it. Right. You know, while it was thirty five bucks, enjoyed it, but because <laughs> thirty five bucks is cheap for right. compared to you know fifteen bucks a month you pay for PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I will gladly, I'll gladly give Xbox all of my money right now. Games Pass is killing it. Yeah, I have Game Pass Ultimate. I think it's like fifteen, sixteen bucks a month. But I mean, yep, yep. for the amount of games you get, plus the day one releases yep. on Game Pass, it's fantastic. I'm with you. I I signed up for that, and then I was like, well, what games are on here? Oh. And it was just like. Oh yeah, I wanted to play that. I wanted to play that. Oh, I wanted to play that. And you like download twenty games. You're like, I'm never gonna get to all that. But oh my god, (laughs) there's so many games I wanted to play. That's what I did. I I just recently bought a Series X. Managed to get my hands on one, and I loaded literally eighteen games onto it on the first day from Game Pass. I think I ended up deleting like half of them. But (laughs) to make space, I I haven't spent a penny, and I am having so much fun with my Xbox. Good on you, Microsoft, killing it. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely doing that right. PlayStation, yeah. not so much, in my opinion. You know, they're apparently making a competitor that's not PlayStation Now. Rumor PlayStation Now is kind of weird. Bad. Like streaming video games instead of just downloading them to your local console. Yeah, so, it's just bad. So speaking of games and stuff like that, Jeff, you told me that you coded a few little games for your friends to play. I, it, I like playing games on the side a lot. Yeah. Hard, like making games uh so i don't know it because i've been doing animation for a long time and it gives me a chance to to combine animation with like the sort of like mental scripting yeah just it helps me like completely disappear the way i like it reminds me like when i was like eight and just sitting in the room just being completely like zoning out and drawing but being able to code and make games puts me back in there because it's such a challenge um to do it that what, what kind of stuff did you make I mean, I, I stick to like platformers, um, like side scrolling stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's what I grew up on. It's what I love, and it's of course completely like, you know, <laughs> commonplace and hackneyed type of idea. Like everybody does these like platformers, but man, it's a fun genre for a reason. Like I like it, mm-hmm. and just trying to add your own spin onto it, and um, it's just such a fun challenge. And I feel like I can. What I bring to it is my sense of like either storytelling or animation that puts my own little taste on it so, so you were doing all your I'm own re- animation and everything for your games too then 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do oh, all nice. the artwork and everything. Okay. So hey, um, I think I think that's how the homeboy that made Celeste did it. Yeah, he had a small team, but I mean, and then the I think Axiom Verge was like this, you know, I think what Thomas Happ, I think is his name. Uh, yeah. There's like one guy who makes Axiom Verge and then you know, yeah. he's, got a, like, he's got like a dude that helps market it. But right. like, and th- I, th- and these small even, teams can do it. I think even with the Celeste, I think it all started was uh, the, the guy who originally had the idea was, I thought he was an animator. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it's just... Uh, this Celeste cool. is a beautiful game. Yeah, I, I, I haven't beat it. I've only partially played it, but it is beautiful. The soundtrack's amazing. I I can absolutely get up get behind a game like that. I just don't oh, have yeah. the the time to. Oh, I could I could definitely say it. Celeste is my main inspiration in terms of like the games trying to make because it just feels it takes everything that we grew up on in terms of platformers and then just makes it feel modern and fresh and mm-hmm. difficult and it just. And it's got a beautiful story. Like you're weaving um, this real adult story on top of this like right. pixel art aesthetic, and you start to really feel for it. And you feel like someone has something to tell you. And those, you know, that it really hits home when you're playing it. So yeah, it's really yeah. great. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the best like indie games to come out in the past. You know what? I mean, how long has Celeste been out? It's been probably Ooh, four, five, five six years, right? I know. I yeah. can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, I know. it's got to be. I feel like we were just talking about it like a year or two ago, and yeah, here it is. You know, probably. Four, I think five, it's already been years two ago. years since the DLC came out, and that was like a brand new ad. Like, yeah, wow. yeah. Speaking of <laughs> time speaking of DLC, uh, probably nobody's listening that is on this team. But um, where the hell is the Cuphead DLC that we were promised like seventeen years ago? <laughs> Like, uh, have you played Cuphead, either well, of you? Yeah, um, of course. You heard Half-Life 3 is coming out, right? Yeah, yeah, Half-Life yeah. 3, yeah. But <laughs> it's like the game, Cuphead was delayed a long time. It came out, and we were supposed to have DLC for that, like, in 2017. It's like, it's DLC. It's not a full game. Like, so it's not as large. But what can be delaying that four years? I'm sure it's some form of development hell. Uh, they they just took the uh, pandemic route last year when they delayed it, but mm-hmm. which I can understand. But at the same time, what were you doing the two years before that? You know, right. but man, I I need that Cuphead DLC. Otherwise, they're probably just going to release <laughs> Cuphead two before that even comes out. Yeah, well, I'm sure somebody <laughs> will remaster it or something. Yeah. But the the art style and the animation of that game is fantastic. I love that forties yeah. that forties style yeah like look mm-hmm. to it. Um, so, so speaking of animation, Jeff, I want to yeah. kind of talk about the animation process when it comes to movies or even mm-hmm. if you have the insight on the video games too. Like, can you explain to us how it goes from concept to a tangible product in terms of the animation or like development yeah. of characters? I mean, certainly it's not a straight line. Uh, that's for no. darn sure. Uh and I've seen it take all, all different directions in terms of which studio actually starts with a project too. Um, because that answer changes depending on which studio and who's making it and how much money you got and whether you're independent or, you know, you have Netflix backing you or Disney backing you. And, uh, like I, I spent 16 years at blue sky studios and we had, our, our, all our projects came through Fox, like Fox owned us. And so Fox was in Los Angeles. And so they would, 
they would green light our movies and they would usually have their own writers um, that would write the original scripts. And then those scripts would come over to us, hopefully greenlit at a certain point. And then our story team would start working on it and developing it and coming out and fleshing it out. And it would take years between that moment of a script to writing to to getting storyboards and the crossover and how much influence our story team has over the story or whether the original writers have it. It's super messy. Like that's the most messy area where it gets. Um, and then years later, it would actually come to like somewhere like my department where I'm animating and then all that dirty work is figured out. Um, and then it, you know, it, it changes when you actually have your own in-house development team, which is something more with like Pixar um, Disney, and then eventually at Blue Sky, we started doing it as well, where you're you're taking projects internally and having either directors or writers on your staff, and you're coming up with concepts, pitching those to the higher executives, getting those bought off on, and they're the, and you're you're spreading your 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 development out much longer and with people that you know that are invested in your team rather than like outsourcing, um, and that that creates a lot of wealth. Uh, when you're building this like team of people developing these stories and in, in, internally. So in, in I'm just going to use, uh, I think Rio as an example, cause it seems like you kind of, uh, mm -hmm. worked on one singular character for, for that set of movies. So in the case of uh, Linda, right. Was the character, mm -hmm. yep. uh, in the case of Linda, what, at what stage is Linda when she comes to you? You know, is there a bunch right, of concept yeah. art or are you incepting kind of the character design or? Yep. So usually by the time an animator comes on, there's usually a, um, a, a design that's been bought off by a design department. Like a, an artist would actually come up with the way she looks and roughly okay. the way, you know, she smiles. And, you know, it's it's pretty well thought out in terms of what her role is in the movie. Um, but I would come in as an animation lead and it hasn't yet really been realized in 3D. It's just a series of drawings. Um, and so then it would be my job to work with the designer, with the modeling department and with the rigging department that actually make the the puppet and the um, that would actually move. I, it's easier to call it a puppet because it's right. you're really developing how it actually bends and moves and smiles and every little wrinkle and fold. You're giving input on what you need to, to perform. Okay. And with the animators, you start to create the the exact mannerisms to make the character feel specific so with linda uh for example there was uh a friend that i had that a year before even i got onto rio i was like man she's so unique the way she moves and her mannerisms and i was like man if one day i can animate a character like her that would be so cool and then linda came and i you know i was told hey we'd like you to be on linda I was like, oh, man, I know the exact person that would be perfect. Like, if you could cast a live action version, it would be this girl. So I had her come over to my house. And I was like, don't be weirded out. We'll we'll, we'll hire our we'll, we'll sign some papers and all this. But I want to re record you for an hour just like talking like just we're just going to talk you know, non like you're basically just, you know, having wine and just kind of cheese and just sort of like talking. Yeah, I feel so like I'm going to one of those. Uh, I must paint you kind of. Like <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little bit like that. I was like, you know, I'm trying not to be creepy, but I must record you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I recorded her for a couple hours and then I edited it down to a whole bunch of like specific mannerisms that I felt made her, her in the way she moved. 
And then I broke that down into a series of videos and handouts to the animators so we all could look at her, the way she moved and her mannerisms and why she feels that way, and pass that out to everybody. So it's not just me that would animate the character. Sure. I'm just the character lead that would like give little inputs and direction in terms of like how I feel like she should move and getting that bought off by the directors and the supervisors and that. Um, and so that, in, in terms of her, I really liked the way she turned out because she felt like somebody I knew. And it was not just another CG character, you know, bopping around and being a generic redheaded female. Right. But it was like, no, that's, that's her. That's like unmistakably only her. And, you know, if I were to put her personality into another character, you would still be able to tell, oh, that's, that's Linda inside Sid the Sloth's body because you can tell the mannerisms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, cool. That's that's what's really fun about animation is finding those exact moments to make something you're like, wow, like like the one of the main things is she would always point with her palm up. So uh, if she's pointing at something, it's like weird. Like why does she always point with her palm up? But it, it so if you walk go back and watch the movie, every time she points at something, her palm will be up because that's what that girl did that we recorded the video for. Sure. So it's like little small things like that make it oh, so man. fun. Makes it more personal for sure. Yeah, for sure. So do you, your team of animators, like, is everybody just in charge of like a couple characters or you have like background artists, you have, you know, character model creators, like that kind of stuff. Like how, how does, the, how is the team? Yeah, the teams composed? get pretty big. So, you know, by the time all is said and done, you're like completely ramped up on a movie. You might have 60 to 80 animators on a, on a big movie. Oh, wow. um, so you're, so then, you know, there's usually about five, six big characters on a movie and those get leads, which are usually the more experienced animators on your team. Um, and so they help take some of the weight from the supervisors to help disseminate information. So they can like, Hey, you know, Linda looks best when you like, pose her head like this or blue looks a little bit better three quarters don't pose don't make him look up too much because he looks a little funny like that so it helps like a few people are super good experts at a few characters and they walk around to everybody's desk and kind of help them stay on model we call it okay so and that's pretty typical it's, it's not always seen at every studio um but you know there's usually some sort of library of poses or a set of uh animation that people really like the directors really respond well to so you can at least look at that but there's always some resource that you try to look at to make sure you stay on model so do these movie studios like have their own proprietary animation software or do you guys just use like one that's on the market how how do you guys develop on the software? yeah I, I mean at blue sky we used maya i use maya at illumination um still uh disney proper um uses maya uh, but if you start going to like DreamWorks, they have their own software. Pixar has their own software. Um, okay. And it comes with a lot of advantages, but you know, there's a heavy price tag when you're like the sole owners of your own software. Yeah. Right. So it, it, you know, with, with DreamWorks and Pixar, their, their stuff is lightning fast and it really good, but they spent millions and millions and millions. Oh yeah. The development is a huge price tag on there when you can buy one that's already, got the bones to it and then just kind of customize it to what you need for your studio. Right. Yeah. And it, we, we had a really good relationship with, uh, you know, with Autodesk Maya when we were at blue sky, like, so we were, you know, you could get them on the phone and have them 
you know, get their latest beta softwares and test it out and tell them, Hey, your caching isn't working right. And they can send a patch over to you right away. So, um, that was, that was cool. But, uh, you know, if only video game companies would do that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You could have a, (laughs) yeah. Hey, knockout city. Hit each other when I'm throwing it. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of, um, I guess the process for, for you personally, like what is, if you could pick one, specific portion of like the 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 animation process that you've ever been a part of what is your most favorite bit to do um man that's an interesting question i mean i think after spending so much time like the part that makes it most enjoyable is when you actually get to like share your animation with a friend or someone that you know and you get to say here can you watch this and you get to genuinely get their reaction so the FaceTime, the the, that man there's no better because especially when it's something that you know has your unique like idea in there and you get to see them react to a joke or some move or something that you put in there man that is the best feeling like I'd, you were talking about like game development, so I just made a, a game where a character basically jumps on a um, Mario Brothers pipe and takes a crap in there. <laughs> so stupid! <laughs> it's so dumb. That's a work of art. Yeah, but I, I had I my son. <laughs> I had my son watch a video. I was like, "Hey, this is what Daddy's working on," and he laughed so damn loud at that little character <laughs> pooping that it was just like it made my day. And then he's like, "Play it again." Play it again. Yeah. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. It's like, oh, man, nice. that is the best. So yeah. it's just the reaction, and uh, and I've I've learned the like feeling like taking it to people that you actually have a connection with, like a friend or a family member, and sharing with them. That means much more. Uh, and that comes from like I, I I was really excited when Horton Hears a Who came out, and I went to the movie theater, sat in the back. You know, I'm like whatever, 24 or something like that, and like <laughs> you know, feeling good. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna love this sat down and then some little kid in the front turned around and says, mommy, can we leave now? Like, oh, like 10 minutes into no. the, into the movie. I was like, never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> just quit never again. I just oh, imagine you like just in the back, sit down. <laughs> you're, you're watching this movie. Suck it up. <laughs> Your mom paid good money to get you in. Uh, it's just so funny. It's like, you're in white plains, New York movie theater. And the, 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 the this, the, the guys that made this are down the street. Don't you know that you little shit? But definitely learned my lesson with that. Yeah. So how how did you how did you get into like the animation business? Like what what was your career path that brought you into the big you know big budget movie animation? Yeah, I mean, it starts a lot. Like, that's one thing that's cool about the animation industry is we all have a very similar upbringing. It usually, like, has some set of, like, you're isolated away. You're drawing by yourself for hours at a time. (laughs) It's like, you're not good with a whole lot of friends. (laughs) It's all, like, that kind of, like, upbringing. So uh, you mix that. So I got a lot of drawing in there. And, uh, you know, did that all the way through high school and eventually found, like, I think I want to do this like drawing and art and that kind of thing. And, you know, my mom was a really good artist and she encouraged me with that. Uh, but I didn't know if I wanted to do animation or not. And it, it was just like a really weird happenstance. Like I went to an open house for a local art school and 
you know, it was like this weekend getaway of like, hey, you're going to experience the Art Institute of Colorado and everything it has. <laughs> and like first day was cool just listening to them talk. Um, and then the second day, they they said, okay, now we're going to like break up into the different disciplines. And they like, I mean, they meant it. So it was like, all right, industrial design's going that way. Graphic design's going that way. Animation's going that way. And so I was like, oh, fudge. What, which way do I go? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, animation. All right. <laughs> I walked over with the animators and like uh, did a little like class and it like told you how to do a walk cycle. So you like take a character that you drew the day before and you roughly like make the pose you draw the character the way this drawing shows you a walk cycle looks i'm like okay i guess that should do something and then they you know it was like old school so you took a little camera and you took a picture of each one of your drawings and then they put it on a you know and then they could you could watch it play afterwards and it blew my mind i was like my character is moving holy crap (laughs) like it was the coolest thing i had ever seen like i'd never seen like the character is like actually walking, taking a step, it's foot bending. And I, I had no idea it was going to like look like that. And so I was completely addicted and uh, never so really looked back at it. Then. Yeah, it just, it blew my mind that something like completely inanimate was all of a sudden animated and had a life and a personality. Like, and it was just, it went beyond me. Um, and it was, so it, I was completely addicted to that. It's like that uh, that Doodle Bob episode for SpongeBob. pencil. Oh man, that's that's yeah. I'm not gonna tell about that episode. That, that episode is nightmarish. Oh, I love um, <laughs> so now the the elephant in the room. Obviously, you're working on the new Mario movie, and I know yep. you're very limited on what you can say. So. Yeah. We're not going to deep dive into any specifics or anything like that, but can you can you tell us how 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 did you get chosen for the team to go to be on this movie? Like, what what was the I vetting begged. process? <laughs> I pretty much begged. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was at Blue Sky Studios for for sixteen or so years, and uh, uh, when Disney bought us out, they you know it took a couple years, but they they shut us down earlier this year in in two thousand twenty one. Uh, so I was without a job and so I was looking for different studios to go to and it was just like, Oh yeah, Illumination's doing that Mario movie, but it's probably done. It's probably already done. I probably missed it. I missed my window. <laughs> yeah. I did. Cause it, it, it started no, like yeah, on 2017 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I heard about it. I thought it was like probably already in the can or done or something. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, reached out to them and they you know, said, no, that they're, they're actually just starting it. Whoa. I was like, Oh man. Oh man, I can actually maybe work on this, and so talk to their animation team, and they're you know they're not just working on that, but I was like, you you gotta, gotta get me on that movie. <laughs> you, you uh, so I was like, you know, I'm in the interview, and I'm wearing my I wear my Mario Brothers T-shirt. I have a wall of like 460 like original NES carts next to me, and uh, you know, I just everything's decked out with Nintendo next to me. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> I know like, your shelves are empty. Isn't that, those shelves usually have a bunch. They're of usually games. having the NES games. I'm pre- prepping to move, so they're all oh, boxed uh, in a way. Okay. But uh, yeah, like Ian, so. Ian can feel that pain. Yeah, yeah, moving, yeah. I just moved. So. Yeah, yeah. You got to pack it all and <laughs> get it back out because yours is obviously perfectly displayed and behind you. Uh, yeah, and Sean, yeah. I don't plan on moving anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Oh, so for sure. I guess uh, I guess you'd say you're a little excited. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, 
to, to actually get, you know, to push and ask them and eventually have them actually you know, hand me a job was a, a huge relief that one. Cause you know, it, you know, losing a job, uh, it, it sucks. Cause I, you know, when you work at one place, uh, there's like a job and there's a career and then there's also like what I built, what I thought was a, you know, yeah, a really strong family with this right. guy. Um, all these people come from all over the world and, um, yeah, are very displaced. And like I said, on how we grew up, you know, you end up being a little isolated in a way. And so when you find this team of people that you really connect with, it's like a family. Uh, it ends up being like your family, you know, and, and to have it just be like, you come in on a Tuesday and you know, it's the overlords of Disney are like, yeah, the pandemic's been tough. It's like, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you did just announce your, your, uh, Disney plus is hitting record highs, but no, I get it. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. I didn't yeah. need this job okay. anymore either. So. <laughs> yeah, but it hurt. Yeah, it hurt pretty bad. And, yeah. they, uh, you know, there's more than a little bit of resentment and anger in that direction. But uh, that's that's for the higher ups. I still love Disney as a company and I watch Mickey Mouse shorts every night with my kids still. And so I have a lot of respect <laughs> for the artistry that goes on there. Right. Um, but, you know, it was such a relief to then want to work on Mario to have his company pick me up. And so it's like, wow, they gave me a job. Wow. I don't have to move to Paris. Wow. I get to work on Mario that I've been living with since I was a little, 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 little kid. And even before I got the job and was new about the Mario, like every morning, my daughter and I were watching the original Mario brothers cartoon, like the nineties cartoon. Like she likes it. So (laughs) we were were watching that. And I was like, tell my daughter, I'm like, she doesn't know better yet. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so this is this is what existed before animation. Yeah, you know, I, I think every iteration of Mario on any screen other than video games has been really rough. Whether it's a movie <laughs> or the Super Mario World show or the Super Mario Super Show, and like <laughs> the best thing to come from the Super Show was the Zelda spin-off like the oh, Zelda I love that cartoon like excuse yeah. me princess you know like that was like that's of nintendo cartoons that i think that's the line that everybody knows mm-hmm. you know uh but god they were so bad like we tried to watch them a few months ago and like they I, it sounds like they ripped sound effects straight out of zelda one you know, you get the coin sound. You get that. Oh yeah, they got know, it. Yeah, the yeah. sword beam sound. Mm-hmm. It's like it. It sounds just literally ripped from the video game and popped into this really strangely drawn cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably with, probably was to be honest with a voice with a voice for Link who has never had a voice, and you know, so it's very jarring because he's been around for what thirty, almost thirty years, thirty plus years, and I'm pretty sure that. Wand of Gamelon, the faces of evil, and the cartoon are like the only time he's had a voice. And they've all been bad. Every one of them have been so bad. <laughs> but it's just but isn't it uh, isn't it just it's bad in retrospect. Like I don't know, like at the time I waited for Fridays so it could come <laughs> on. I couldn't wait and I, I had my dad record it on all my all the VHS tapes and then I'd watch it again and again. Like you just couldn't wait to see Captain Lou Albano singing the Super <laughs> Mario theme song, right? Dude, I love that stuff, man. I, I ate it up. Yeah, and then Captain N and the, the Game Master. Oh, I, oh, I was yeah. into yeah. all that. I, I, I ate it all up. So, yeah, definitely 
just the the opportunity to like put another iteration and i <laughs> it has it Hey, at least the bar is set low. <laughs> right, right. That's true. I, I can't imagine that in 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about the new Mario movie the way we talk about the 1993 Mario movie. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine it's going to be on the same level because, I mean, Illumination, they, they put out solid movies. I'm not much of a Minions guy, but obviously they're popular. Despicable Me, the Minions, those are all big movies, you know, and they're well done. They're funny, you know, but... You know, I, I think Facebook ruined the minions for me. And, <laughs> you know, they've got a reputation of making solid movies. And I don't think that they're going to do anything to Mario that has already been yeah. done. By I mean, this is my way. first Illumination movie. So I, I'm not like a uh, Illumination bandwagon type of person that has a lot of like rah-rah in me for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a movie that I really liked that they made was Sing. Um, and I know yeah. Sing 2 is yeah. coming out, but that, that's really solid from storytelling to execution, really charming, yeah. uh, fantastic animation. So they know how to do their stuff. And I, you know, comparatively, when you look at like the 90s, Jim Carrey, Grinch, was it 90s or early 2000s? Uh, um, I want to say early 2000s. Yeah. I think yeah. So. But if you compare that with their version of Grinch, like they did the animation, animated yep. Grinch. Yep. Right. It, it really, to me, excelled quite a bit in terms of like making up for some of like the weird artistry and like tone that I feel like was kind of off on the Jim Carrey one. And then you know, I thought <laughs> yeah. they did a great, a, a great job. So I think they know their stuff and uh, I'm confident that they'll, they'll make people happy. Sure. Now, are you allowed to, and feel free to say no, are you allowed to go into like what you're responsible for? Are you a doing background stuff are you doing character work you don't have to go, have to go into like oh, yeah specific i mean it's okay my, my job title is animator so uh, okay. i do do character <laughs> animation so okay <laughs> yeah. so you're just doing characters or do you do like a mix of stuff yeah i mean how basically um you know so i'm not a supervisor or anything like that so i'm just an animator so they'll give you usually when the camera cuts to a new shot that means it's a new animator's responsibility so okay. they they tell me what shot to work on it could be any character it could be any voice it could be action it could be dialogue it could be anything in the middle so um i so just that I you work it. with the models that have already been made and yeah because it's on its feet you know it's on its feet so i'm not working in the pre-production like i've done on previous movies like it's already got its established team and all that so i'm kind of coming in um coming in with when the wheels are already kind of like going down and uh, you know this thing's coming along like so (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm just i'm just an animator for hire and i'm happy to be working on it sure so you know you said mario's been a big part of your life since you were you know a little kid can you tell me what your earliest Mario memory is? Oh yeah, I got it, man. I remember yeah, seeing it, it for right the there. first time, man. <laughs> Dude, like, because it, it's mind blowing when like core memories, first... like Inside Out. It's just right it, it does feel like that. Yeah, it's sort of like <laughs> I can remember like the way the atmosphere was and everything, but it was like over at my neighbor's house and and being in their living room and they had a Nintendo and it's sitting down and they were on. Uh, Eight, eight, one, and oh, yeah. watching yeah. them like jump around. Like the, there's the Black Beatles, and there's like the big long jumps, and I was like, "Oh, like oh yeah, that's you're controlling that." And it's like it's a character, and it's like I was playing Pong with my dad. Like that's what video games were to me is Pong. And so like seeing this character bounce around and move, and uh, so I mean I must have been like four or five at the time. Um, it just 
it was crazy to see the difference of what I was doing it with, you know, Pong and Pac-Man and then seeing this Mario character move around and then, you know, sit, talk, going to some of the kids at school. Like I, I know when I was like in second grade, this kid started like drawing pictures of what he did at home and he was like drawing duck hunt. I was like, duck hunt, you're shooting the TV. Like, oh my God, <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I'm going to break your TV. Yeah. So, and then I got, I, you know, I, my parents were always like <laughs> kind of getting the knockoff stuff. So I got an Atari 7800 instead. <laughs> nice. uh, but, it, you know, they that had you your, uh, your ET game that you got on your hat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got that on my hat. Uh, but, you know, they had Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, but they had Mario Brothers and they also had Donkey Kong on the Atari 7800. Um, so I played a ton of that and no, got my Mario, Mario being that way. on the Atari. That's yeah, just the standard, like, you know, the Mario Luigi, like, bouncing and flipping over the... Oh, the arcade, the, yeah. the one with the turtles coming out of the pipes, you bounce them exactly. up. Exactly. Oh, okay, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I was thinking there was another one that I wasn't aware of. Nah, just just those two, but that was that was enough where I could at least continue to get my fix for it, and then, you know, try to, like, get my neighbor to turn it on, and then, come on. And then I, I distinctly remember that same neighbor, like, having Zelda loaded up and hitting the, uh, you know taking the raft across to go yeah. into the the fourth labyrinth yeah just like I, I i can just remember it like it was like <laughs> seared into my mind like wow that all oh, the little tune the little music that plays holy crap this is awesome <laughs> it got me so jazzed so it's like i, I still load up those games and i have all those same like memories and fill and like my my iphone is filled with just retro video game music and that's all i listen yeah. to because it, it puts me right back there and like like I can remember all the way, like the way I was feeling and the way things looked and uh, it just music and the, the, the games all just sort of melded together to be this beautiful, like experience. Sure. Sure. So then um, what would you consider to be your favorite Mario game? Now I'm talking like mm -hmm. anything that stars Mario. I mean, it could literally be, you know, punch out if you want, because he's technically in it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is your favorite game starring Mario? Yeah, it would it would have to be somewhere between Mario three and Mario World. Like it's one of those two. Like I think the more enjoyable game is Mario uh, Super Mario World, but it's so short, mm -hmm. so it's like it, you can whip through that game pretty fast. But I just find it yeah. so charming and so well done, and just um, I like the the art in it a little bit more than Mario three. Um, sure, it's very timeless. It's it yeah. doesn't it doesn't show its age at all. It's yeah, it's very it, well it done. feels so good. I. I and I love seeing speedruns of that game because it's like you get to, you get to see it feels like the game was meant to be speedrun. Like mm -hmm. when Mario's jumping it, like and there's all those saw blades. It's like you're meant to like take each platform and slowly go through these saws and all these. But if you speedrun and just jump, it just magically everything <laughs> lines together, and you're like, was were they literally thinking of that back then? Like it's incredible. Right. Probably. Um, well, Mario world's still super popular too, especially with the ROM hacking community. I'm sure yeah. you've seen plenty of the ROM hacks mm -hmm. and some of the ROM hacks are fantastic. And some of them are just way beyond my skill level. Like I've tried yeah. playing it. I'm just like, Nope, no, I can't do that one. But yeah. um, you know, I, I do play a fair amount, you know, of, of ROM hacks just because I love the super Mario world aesthetics. I like mm -hmm. the, you know, the physics engine that's, kind of built into it and uh, you know mario world is probably right up there's number one or two right at, right with uh mario rpg those are probably oh that's a good, two yeah. of my favorite I, I remember mario rpg 
renting it from like a local convenience store, you know, back when like gas stations had video game rentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think I, I overplayed the game so much that like it was burned into my retinas. Like I could, I was going to sleep and I was still seeing the game like in my <laughs> eyes. In your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just having these weird lucid dreams of like, playing this game and i i literally think i i I think it burned into my eyes that i played it so much when that came out it was so fun i absolutely love that game yeah what about you ian i know you're not much of a mario guy but pretty vocal about how i'm not huge into mario i didn't have a a huge love affair with it as a kid i had star fox guy weren't you yeah i was a little bit more star fox i like star fox a lot Um, oh you must be you must be younger than us is that true yeah, um, thirty-one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's it's that there's that weird cutoff right yeah. there. Yep. It, like, I'm a, I'm about I'm about three or four years too late. I'm gonna I'm gonna make another wild assumption. You're much more of a like I'm gonna guess, Sean. You're you're into Ninja Turtles a little bit more than you are Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but you're probably into Power Rangers, right? Uh, gosh, I was kind of into both almost equally as a kid, but I did have a Power Rangers play kit. Well, no, I had a play. (laughs) I had a Ninja Turtles play kit too. It's, it's a 50, 50 for sure. I had almost every Ninja Turtle and vehicle and every accessory. I was a big Ninja Turtles guy. Um, I wasn't much into the Power Rangers except for like the first or second season because the pink Ranger, but that was about it. And um, <laughs> you were old so, enough to appreciate the pink Ranger. I was old enough to appreciate. <laughs> I was young enough Johnson, to appreciate Power Rangers. Not, but too old to watch Power Rangers. But yeah, um, there you go. So yeah, that was the weird cutoff. But yeah, you're pretty yeah. spot on. With there, that. there is definitely so, like that. There's like a four to five year weird cutoff in there, mm-hmm. uh, at, at the minimum. But yeah, so I, I wasn't huge into Mario, but I, I do. Rem- I do have some pretty vivid memories of, uh, especially watching my stepsister play. Uh, Super Mario World on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, she was just so, so good at it. And I was awful. That's what <laughs> so I So was it a comparison know. thing or was she actually good at it? No, or no. Was she, she was just that much better good. than you. <laughs> no, she was legitimately good at it. My, my, my actual sister was, she was just better than me, but she wasn't very really good. <laughs> my stepsister was legit, very good at that game. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess that's really about all the stuff we've got for you today, Jeff. Um, you know, if you, if you'd like to take a minute and, you know, let everyone know, you know, where they can see some of your work, what they, you know, where they can kind of find you if they want to, you know, watch, yeah. watch what you've done. Uh, you know, you have the floor here if you want to do a little self-promotion. Yeah, sure. If, you, if you're curious to see any of the animation I've worked on, uh, you can check out any of my animation on Vimeo. So it's vimeo.com backslash Jeff Gabor, J-E-F-F-G-A-B-O-R. Um, that's the easiest way to just see my work. Yeah. Um, I have an Instagram account, but I don't, I don't, I'm so secretive with all my private work. Like, so it's just like, I don't want to show anybody the game work. <laughs> so it's like, there's so, there's such a pressure to like, have your real look good that all the work I do on my own is like just, just for my friends and stuff. So it looks real bad. So like, you, you, you can projects. check out the Instagram, but it's like, it's the stuff that's not polished and you know, it's just for giggles and that kind of stuff. Well, I don't um, know. A guy, a guy pooping into a pipe sounds pretty polished to me. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go uh, check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try. I'll, I'll send you the, the latest uh, <laughs> gif of that. <laughs> Nice. Well, again, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show here, Jeff. Uh, it was really fun talking was to time. you. Um, 
again, you know, thank you everybody. Welcome back to the Player Two Podcast. I'm very excited that we're back. Um, episodes every Monday, and uh, we have a lot of great guests this week. So make sure whatever platform you're listening on, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever they whatever they tell you to do, so you can check out our episodes every week. Other than that, um, again, thanks Jeff for coming on, and uh, it's great talking to you. And hope you have a have a good time with that Mario movie. I'm excited to see it. Thanks, man. Me too. I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at RNG Streams. To keep up to date on new episodes, support the show, and submit ideas to discuss on future episodes. Music by Aaron Lennon. Voiceover by Ian Scott. Special thanks to our guests and supporters that make this possible.